0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ray, and welcome to the RayWenderlich.com podcast. In this
1: podcast, we keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here are your hosts, Drew Freeman and Alex Sullivan. Thanks, Ray. This is the RayWenderlich.com podcast. Welcome to episode 13 for season 10, our final episode of the season. This episode was recorded on Saturday, the 8th of August, 2020, for release on the 12th. This episode is sponsored, of course, by Avocado Toast. I'm Drew Freeman, here with my soon-to-be Podcastus Emeritus co-host, Alex Sullivan. Thanks, Drew. Our guest for this episode is Dennis Bukeda.
0: Dennis is an Android developer from Five and an author for the RayWenderlich.com team. He is a passionate programmer who always tries to learn new things and get out of his comfort zone. When Dennis is not programming, he's usually hanging out with his friends and watching any kind of sport while having a cold beer.
1: On this episode, Dennis gives us a deeper dive into Jetpack Compose. Alex is very, very thrilled about this. And then later, Alex and I will talk about Season 10 and how you could help with Season 11. Dennis... Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me in. It is a privilege to have you on the show. (laughs) It's great to have somebody talking about Jetpack Compose. Oh, yeah. So I've got to ask, as I've been asking everybody this season, how are you dealing with things like shelter in place and not going out and all of those things?
2: Well, in Croatia, so I'm based in Croatia, so uh, we're doing pretty fine regarding all the stuff that's happening in the world. So our measures are not so harsh as yours are. Mm. So... We have been sheltering, but things are coming back to normal uh, in the past few months. So I would have to say that it is going pretty well so far. That's
1: great to hear.
0: I was going to ask, was there like a stricter quarantine period in the beginning that's kind of uh, loosening up or has it been loose the whole time? Have you just been watching the world kind of slow
2: down? There there was like a strict time where uh, Mm. we we were all at home and uh, I didn't leave the house for like, I don't know, two or three weeks. And nice. then we started to loosen up uh, as things got better.
1: Gotcha. How do you deal with groceries during that? Yeah, well, that was the fun part. So uh, before COVID,
2: I always went to the store, but r- right now I'm only ordering online. So uh, I'm not sure why didn't I do that before. So <laughs> but I will <wasn't laughs> continue to do that. <laughs>
1: Online has made it really, really easy not to leave the house anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, It's very yeah. easy to be a shut-in now. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm reminded of of Ready Player One. If you've read the book, not the actual film, there there's like a, a series of chapters where the the central character is basically buried himself in his apartment, and everything is like ordered and brought to him, and it's a... Uh, it's a very interesting view of what was, at that time, a, a, a an interesting future. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you like to hang out and have a beer. Do you do... Uh, wh- what kind of activities do you like to do when you're not at the computer?
2: Yeah, well, so recently I started uh, cooking since... Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was sheltering in place, so... Uh, I told myself, well, what's a better time to to learn to cook than than that time? So, uh, I I I bought some books on the, in that topic. I also started the training, and uh, I made like a small home gym. Let's let's call it nice. that, like that. Like that. So, yeah, pretty much uh, self improvement, you could say.
1: <laughs> so, what was it like before COVID? What 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 did you do? Was it just hanging out with the friends for sports? Well, it was mostly just
2: uh, going out, and uh, so every weekend I would go somewhere uh, camping or or, uh, or ride a bike or hiking. Or so I live close to the to the sea, like a couple of hours of drive. So maybe go on a trip. So yeah, pretty much uh, trying to go out of the town every weekend. That sounds beautiful.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I've heard Croatia is stunningly beautiful and has yeah. like really profoundly beautiful landscapes.
2: Yeah, well, you, you, you I, I, can't get enough of it. So yeah, you have you have islands, you have the the, the whole coast that's various cities with different uh, histories. So yeah, it's perfect.
1: Uh, must visit someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah when, when, when I can visit again. <laughs> yeah, when, when anyone wants us. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit about Five? Yeah, so Five is a
2: Christian company that I've been working for like four years now, I think. Uh, so we are an agency that's mostly focused on mobile apps and web apps. And recently we started uh, to expand our business in in growth uh, and, and design. And uh, like, uh, so, so our motto is that uh, we want uh, our clients to come us with a problem and we need to figure out how to solve it. So we try to move away from just building specific applications, so yeah.
1: So are you one of the, the executives or just one of the engineers with 5?
2: I'm an Android developer for 5. Uh, I've, been, I've been working on Rosetta Stone project for them. So Rosetta Stone is our client. And mm-hmm. I've been working on that project for two years now. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the part of the Android uh,
1: team with 5. Wonderful. All right. I guess it's time to, uh, just to, 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 to put on our jetpack. <laughs> we've talked a bit about jetpack compose uh this season because alex is a great fan of it um i am can you give us what i call the the twenty thousand foot view how do you describe what jetpack compose is
2: whenever whenever you go wherever you go and read about jetpack compose you will see that it's like the next generation you are toolkit for android it's like the the next new thing so uh it should be a new way and an improved way of building the ui uh, for the android platform so uh it shifts the whole uh, mindset around building uis so if you have heard about uh, terms like imperative programming and declarative programming so jetpack compose is pretty much focused on the declarative side and uh is pretty much shifting how, how we as developers should think about the UI. So basically the UI should be like a function that converts, Jetpack Compose should be a function that converts the data into a UI. We should not think about how to build UI from the data and how to change it when the data changes. So I would say that this would be like some short description.
0: What's the main differences between using Jetpack Compose to build a UI versus using the you know current UI toolkit to build UI. Like, what are what are some of the things that you might do differently if you are doing it in Compose?
2: Well, yeah. well, Right now, you have to like you have. Well, first of all, uh, in the in the current way of doing the things, we have different languages for building the UI and uh, building the logic that will that will create that UI. So, right now, we are using XML to build uh, layouts. Each layout is in a separate file, and then we. Uh, connect that layout uh, with the with the code, so with the Kotlin. And when we uh, when we want to render a, a some data into it, we have to manually load the, the, the data into that specific UI. We have to find specific elements in that XML layout and render the data in it. And also when that data changes, we have to think about uh, updating the UI. So we have to think, uh, how are we going to update that UI? How is the UI going to behave over the time and stuff like that. So, we are constantly worrying about uh, how to render data, when to render it, when to refresh it, and stuff like that. And with Jetpack Compose, uh, the idea is that we remove the barrier between the languages. That's one of the ideas. So right now, uh, so the idea is that Jetpack Compose is built in the Kotlin. So we use Kotlin to build the UI. We use something that's called composable functions. So basically, that's the functions that uh, have the composable annotation on them. And we are co- co- we are constructing the UI by nesting those uh, composable functions. And basically, we are observing the data. And whenever the data changes, uh, Jetpack Compose magically uh, does everything for us and uh, re- re-renders the, 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 the UI with the new data. So yeah, that would be the, the main difference.
0: Mm. And so you mentioned that uh, when using jetpack Compose, everything's in Kotlin, so there's not a yeah. separate like markup language that you're using anymore. It's just you're writing all of your views in Kotlin. yeah, that's great yeah what um I'm interested in in kind of what benefits that affords, like why is that better than having it in XML, and do you have any concerns about? You know, logic in your views, or how to do the proper separations, and so on and so forth.
2: Yeah, there was there was like uh, there was one talk on one of the conferences that I was uh, I was uh, I was on, and uh, that was my my first question as well. So my thought was that so are we now going to bring the the business logic into the UI? Uh, but as I start working with it, I realized that it's pretty easy to uh, to maintain this code and. Uh, how would I say refactor it? If you are if you are applying all the principles that you would apply uh, when you are implementing your business logic. So since this is now all, all in Kotlin, you all, all the patterns, all the uh, all the good practices of programming can 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 uh, you can use it to 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 make the code uh, maintainable and and well organized. So if you think about uh, UI in the Jetpack compose. We have some functions that represent specific UI. We can always separate those functions, uh, have them uh, small. Uh, we can always determine that they that their parameters that they are receiving are for that specific component. Yeah. And I think that we will always have the business logic in our UI. I, I don't think that we can uh, we can escape from it. We are we, we have it even right now. It's just that it is uh, even though our files in the current way how we're doing things. For example, our layouts and our our logic are separated. They're tightly coupled. So because if we change our UI, we're probably going to change something in our in our uh-huh. uh, uh, in our let's call it a presenter or a class that's managing that UI. So even though it's a separate file, it's still highly coupled. But uh, if if we have the UI in Kotlin and we have our business logic in Kotlin, I think that we can improve how that code is organized and we can decide. Uh, what specific parameters our, our UI part should receive and uh, should render. Mm. So yeah, I think that the benefits are that we can apply all the good practices uh, uh, in the in the UI part as well with the Jetpack Compose.
0: Mm. So let's see, taking, taking kind of a step back, if I was building a um, app right now, like a Hello World app or something like that in, in the current Android UI toolkit, okay. I use things like text views and image views and recycler views and all that sort of stuff. Do you use those same components when using Compose or is there just a totally new set of tools that you use?
2: So I well, you use the same components, but they are not like, uh, so for example, if you want to ex- uh, sh- show the label, you will, have, uh, you will create a uh, composable function and you will call uh, a text Composable function text that will uh, represent the label for for your UI. So, uh, Jetpack Compose uh, has its own set of layouts and widgets that you can now use, and you use those widgets to uh, you, you can combine them to create uh, different kinds of widgets. So, as so, the answer is yes. You have the same same components. They might not have the same name, but the idea is to have uh, components that. You are used to it, using it in the current way uh, of doing things. So yeah, you have text, you have switches, you have recycle view, you, you have constraint layout. So yeah, those components are present in the in the compose.
1: Cool. Is it a a one to one? I mean, can we expect to say you know, if it's if there's a UI element in the original that that UI element is likely replicated in compose?
2: Yeah, I would expect so, and I would expect even more because uh, Jetpack Compose has that foundation uh, layer that that is uh, offering us such such basics uh, widgets. But they also have like uh, the whole material uh, layer that provides us uh, material components out of the box. So I would expect even more things because it's so easy to uh, combine different widgets and create new ones.
1: Is Jetpack Compose now? in full release or is it still a, a beta-ish type thing?
2: No, well, it's still in, in development. So there is like dev, uh, dev libraries that are coming out every two weeks. Uh, I think that the alpha was planned for, for this summer. I'm not sure if, if that's still the plan for the Google guys. But yeah, I know the idea was that the alpha would be available this summer and that 1.0 would be available next year.
0: Oh, so it's not even in alpha yet. It's still no, like It's not pre-alpha yeah. hyper dev mode.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I've been using it for like a uh, couple of months now, and I always have to check out if the new version uh, <laughs> has come out, and even have to do some uh, some changes uh, when the new version is out. But yeah, uh, I'm well. That's expected. So they are working on it. We are giving them feedback, and uh,
1: the thing mm-hmm. is moving forward. So, <laughs> so at this good. point, is it is it? primarily a developer's tool, or could you actually release a production app with this?
2: It's it's primarily a developer tool.
1: Right now, there's been so many cool new tools, and we've talked about
0: a bunch of them over the course of this, this season of the podcast, that Google has released, like, you know, there's the paging library, and there's view models, and there's live data, and all that sort of stuff. I guess in my head, that's all so tightly coupled with the current... UI toolkit and the current way that you make views in Android that I'm wondering, are we still going to use those tools or is is Google going to come out with a whole different suite of things? Are we going to have Jetpack 2.0? Do I still have a view model? <laughs> I'm panicking <Yeah>. over here. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I, well, that's a good question. Yeah, but uh, right now I, I think that they are working perfectly together. So I've been mm. using Jetpack Composite Live Data and uh, with Room and uh, they are working like, they were made for each other. So, Ooh, yeah, nice. you can, uh, yeah, Jetpack Compose has support for live data. It has support for Erics Java. And uh, so the idea is observable pattern with uh, the UI that gets re- re-rendered every time the data changes. So uh, right now, I think live data is perfect for it.
0: Wonderful. What about um, coroutines? Is there any uh, coroutines are such a cool Kotlin feature And compose seems like such a cool Kotlin invention that I'm wondering if there's any like tie-in between the two.
2: Well, I'm not sure if there's a tie-in, but yeah, but you can definitely still use Coroutines for your business logic, and uh, I don't see in what way you would. uh, I don't see why wouldn't you still use Coroutines uh, if you switch. uh, How are you doing the UI part of
1: your app? can you combine, can you use some of the original UI for some of your, your UI work and then use Jetpack Compose for some of it? So it, that way you can adopt partially?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, I think that's the main idea as well for, 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 these, uh, for Compose because uh, I think that the guys from Google, they want us to, to be able to slowly adapt on it. And right now there is an option that you can, uh, so you can basically create a composable function and you can use specific components that compose exposes to you and you can inflate your layout that's been uh, implemented in the old way let's call it so hmm. you can definitely uh, support both ways uh, in your app and you can slowly start adapting uh, uh, your ui oh, so for that's example, very if you have some complex complex ui that's, be, that's that's been built with the xml layout and stuff like that but you still have some small, and you want to include that in some part of the UI that's been built with the Jetpack Compose. You can you can do that.
0: Have you have you actually tried out that functionality yet? Like I'm wondering. No. <laughs> that feels like the sort of thing that uh, that Google might say, might be like, oh, it'll be super easy to combine them. Don't worry about it. And then we actually go to do it, and it turns out that it's uh, a painful.
2: Harsh world. Yeah, I've seen that you also have experience (laughs) such experiences. I'm also also an Android developer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, I still haven't tried it. Uh, It's it's on my roadmap. Uh, Yeah, but. uh, that's what they say. We'll see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I know the um, feeling. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not an Android programmer, but over in the iOS world, I'm, I'm dealing with the concept of UI kit and Swift UI, and whether or not mm. where, where you can and where you can't combine them. So it's, it's an understandable journey.
0: So that actually touches on a another thing I'm interested in. Have you used any alternative like declarative UI frameworks like? Swift UI or Flutter or React or any of those things?
2: I want to play with Flutter for a little bit, but mm. yeah, uh, but stopped. Yeah, I didn't, didn't mm. want to find the language, so uh, <laughs> yeah, but.
0: Legit. Darts, dart's tough to come to if you're used yeah. to Kotlin or Swift. <laughs> uh, yeah, I
2: was waiting I for, for, for Kotlin, yeah. <laughs> I
0: think it'll be, like, there's so many different, the fact that this, is, this pattern is coming up with Swift UI and it's coming up with Compose, and flutters, you know, crushing it on the side, and, and React has just been So, long. yeah, and React. You can't you can, can't skip React because React was sort of the, the first child out there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, probably by far the biggest actual usage of this. I think it's it's going to be really exciting to see all the different choices that those different toolkits make, and it'll be great to you know project myself in the future five years and to be like, oh, the way apple did it ended up being great or oh react really crushed it on this front and and yeah i'm really hopeful that compose will be like oh they did it wonderfully
1: i think it's always a a question that it's the the more tools there are the more solutions there are Mm, Uh, i've always been a person it's like the right tool for the right job people always uh point to me and say, well, you're you're an Apple purist and everything's Apple. And I'm like, no, there are certain things that are Windows or certain things that are Android because that's a better tool for it. But by having more developmental tools, it gives us the chance to have more solutions.
2: Yeah, definitely. And there is definitely like uh, things that are present in all of those platforms and where people are experiencing specific problems and coming up with the solutions that then we can reuse in our specific platform. So... I think that's, that's wonderful yeah. that we have all those, uh, uh all those different approaches, uh, on, on, well, not the same thing, but like, uh, uh different approaches, but this, the idea is the same. So
0: yeah, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 It'll be great to see, you know, Google copy things that Apple does and Apple copy yeah. things that, you know, Facebook does and, and the whole circle that everybody will just get better as a result yeah. of life. <laughs> The circle of tech life (laughs) viciously stealing. Um, So you've been sort of following Compose as it's being developed. How big have the changes been? Like one dev release to the next dev release, do you find it's small incremental changes or are you seeing like really radical changes within the, the paradigm?
2: Yeah, well, at the beginning, there was some bigger changes, but lately uh, it was mostly like just renaming a couple of components or using different uh, different widgets that they, they have deprecated. But uh, I would have to say that it, the, the Compose is pretty well documented. So if you go to the source code, you will quickly see that some component has been deprecated. You will see a, a link on the new example and uh, what component you should be using. So... It was not hard to uh, implement those changes. Well I' I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it, but uh, I am aware that uh, that's work in progress and that uh, the new components are probably uh, the idea behind them is that they, they should be better. so I don't have the problem of uh, switching the implementation when, they, when the new release is out. So yeah until the, until there is alpha, I'm okay with all, all the big changes I have to do between the dev releases. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I guess it makes sense. You made an interesting statement there that uh, when you get the the source code, you you find that for the documentation is there is there any documentation at this point, or is it pretty much read the source code?
2: Well, there is some documentation, but uh, I'm still pretty much just reading the source code. Uh, I have found that it, it's informative and it has examples in it, and I think well for me that's the best way to learn. I don't know. Uh, I always go into and to read some articles to get a reference point, but I always come back to the source code to see uh, um,
1: how did they imagine t- that this should be used. So, If only there were a book on this, <laughs> <laughs> which if I'm right, I've had a little sprite tell me that there is potentially a book coming on this.
2: Well, yep, that's true. So, uh, I'm also working on a book on this topic. Uh, it's a pretty wild ride so far. <laughs> uh,
1: this is, and obviously, this is a book for raywenderlich.com press, right? Yeah. Uh, yep, obviously. Yep, a, jet-pa- a Jetpack uh, composed book. I, I know Alex will be one of the first. Uh, Alpha readers oh, on that. gobble that up. <laughs> yeah, I'll be waiting Enjoy for feedback. So well, this is good because oh. then you can have feedback from Alex's as as the book can, uh, continues. So are, are you the, the lone <laughs> author on it? Who else is working on it with you?
2: So uh, there's five guys on the team. So uh, I have one co-author, it's Tina bound. He's working with me uh, as an author. We have two tech editors and Final Pass editor. And the funny thing is that uh, four of those guys, uh, let, let's say three of those guys are uh, have been working with me at the same company uh, like oh, wow. the <laughs> last year. So it's pretty much uh, oh, uh, cheating. the good old crew. That, yeah, <laughs> well, that's good.
1: That, I mean, that means that you guys are used to working with each other for good, for bad. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, sounds great. That sounds like a very cool. We'll setup. Definitely be looking for that. Obviously, it's still in process, so we don't have any information beyond the fact that it is coming out, and that's that's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, actually, on that note, how challenging has it been to like keep up with the book as compose is changing? Has is that been a pain point?
2: Yeah, definitely. When so so when. Uh... When there was like uh, uh, when the when the position for the book uh, was opened, so I was reading uh, what topic uh, can I can I apply to, and uh, when I saw jetpack composer, I, I thought to myself like, uh, how should I write a book about something that's that's still in progress and is uh, being released every two weeks? But uh, then I decided that it would be a perfect challenge for, for me to learn <laughs> and to uh, to go uh, to like. To learn with the guys that are developing it so i think it's pretty 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 wild process but i think it's challenging and it's 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 rewarding because uh it will be it will be really fun to see how the book uh, uh how the book be uh accepted by the by the community uh if it gets released uh with the with the with the, with the uh with the jetpack compose so yeah i think that's it's a, it's a it's a fun fun and challenging uh, to work on something that's being uh, developed on so yeah
1: can you give us any kind of tease like what kind of stuff you're working on in the book are you working on the the syntax are you working on a, an example
2: yeah so, so the main idea would be to show our readers uh, how to how to how to build an app a small app with uh, with the jetpack compose so that they they, they they learn with small steps, and uh, that will be one what that will be covered in one part of the book, and another part will also cover how to build some more complex UIs. Uh, so we we as developers we we all want our app to look uh, sexy and uh, that <laughs> they like uh, that they have cool animations and stuff like that. So we will try to focus on that to give our readers. Uh, uh, something that they can be proud of after they implement uh, after after they use Jetpack Compose in their own apps.
0: Animations is a is a fun topic. Um, so, like, animations in the current Android toolkit are one. There's like seven different frameworks for it within the native toolkit. And two, I've always found them to be <laughs> uh, challenging. Let's say challenging. Um, has that story changed at all in Compose? Like, is it? Uh, I kind of imagine that it might be even harder to do animations in like a declarative environment because it's such an imperative process. You like kick off a timer or something, but like, how does that work in declarative land?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I perfectly agree that there is like a, a lot of approaches in the current uh, in the current implementation and there is always a way for to make a new one. <laughs> so I know that uh, even my, uh, myself, uh, I, I always... Motion layout. Yeah, at the end I was always try something new and I would even implement some some, some of my own uh, libraries or let's or called the frameworks that I would use for animations. So it was refreshing to see that in Jetpack Compose some of those stuff are really simplified. Uh, I still don't think that there is like uh, I didn't have time to play with the more complex stuff but like some small things that uh, will make your app uh, stand out from uh, other basic app are really, really easy to do. And uh, it's really good that they're uh, applying uh, real physics in those animations. So you, know, you can just, you can really easy animate between couple of values. And since those values can be states that your UI is observing, uh, your UI will uh, adapt itself uh, on each, let's call it animation step. And the animations are, easy to do and they are like uh really really easy to to trigger or to to reset or the value is being remembered so if you go in one way or another way uh, the animation doesn't like uh lag so they're pretty smooth so far so yeah some of the simple stuff are for now for now are really easy to, to do oh, that is
1: awesome i suppose then it's time for me to take out the beard um, I often refer to myself as Santa Code Claus. What? <laughs> yes. The beard. Um, Jetpack Compose is currently pre-alpha, and now is a time that it's getting a lot of feedback and a lot of change. What is currently missing in your eyes from Jetpack Compose? If you had the, the Google developers listening in to this podcast, and you could say, I wish... What what's missing? What do you really want to see added in before this thing releases?
2: Ooh, yeah, that, that's a tough question. Um, I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, right now, I think that they're, they're like, they're, I don't see uh, a big picture of how will the app, uh, if we build a whole UI with the Jetpack Compose, I would like to see uh, what are their, their uh, uh, suggestions on how to architecture the app uh, and how to how to navigate in the app. So uh, how to implement the navigation flow. And uh, I was looking at some of the examples that they have provided. They, they, they also provided a sample app of their own. And uh, there was some type of navigation, but it was mentioned that this is just uh, uh, current solution that they have used for that app. But yeah, I would like to see, uh, some more documentation on the general architecture of the app, not just how to architecture, how to separate your business logic from the UI logic, but how to, how to implement the navigation stuff as well. So yeah. Something like that I think would be pretty good. That's good. So you,
0: you mentioned navigation so much of Android is built around fragments and activities. Do you know what? I guess this kind of gets into your to your question at Google about how you're going to architect an app. But do we are we still going to use multiple fragments or multiple activities or or is that just all
2: going down the wayside? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think that we are getting rid of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's my reaction as well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that will be the end goal. <laughs> at least to get that rid of fragments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least get rid of fragments. I love it. Compose sounds like it's enabling a lot of very interesting stuff and a really cool new way of programming in Android. What, is it, what does it look like under the hood? Like what, what's going into making Compose? What's the tech stack for it look like?
2: Well, there are, there are like two parts of it. So uh, like one part is your uh, development environment. So where you uh, develop the app. And the second thing is your device where uh, the Compose is being run. Ran on. So if you focus on our development environment, uh, so if you look at the Jetpack Compose, you will see that we use uh, annotations uh, composable, but uh, Compose does not use annotation processing behind it. So it's it's built on. Uh, so so on the development host, you have Kotlin compiler because well we are writing uh, the UI in Kotlin. Uh, we have uh, Compose compiler plugin. That's then uh, that uses that annotations that we just mentioned to make those functions like a different type. So what you, what we, what you can what you get from that is that those functions are of different type, and you can only call composable functions from compo- composable functions. The same thing as is, mm-hmm. as you are doing in, uh, in suspendable functions. And there is your Android mm-hmm. Studio. So those two levels levels are on your uh, let's call it the development. Development part of that tech stack, and then you have your device where uh, you run, run, run the compose. You have the the compose runtime. The interesting part around that is that uh, compose as uh, a logic behind the compose is that that's a logic that works on trees. So uh, the compo- compose runtime doesn't know about Android UI. It doesn't know uh, about uh, uh, any, any stuff related to Android. So there's just a logic that knows how to work on trees. And then you get the Compose UI core. That's the first level that's being built upon Compose Runtime that handles your your, your measurements, uh, your drawings of, and layouts. And then you start adding uh, widgets. So then you get to Compose UI foundation. This was the layer that we mentioned before where you get your uh, specific basic widgets like text, like a uh, le- RecyclerView, like uh, switches, checkboxes and stuff like that. And there is also a fourth layer, Compose UI material, where the guys from the Google uh, added specific material uh, components. So if your app uses material design, you can get material components out of the box. So that's
1: pretty neat. That is a great top to bottom, literally, on how Jetpack Compose works. And I really want to thank you for giving us all that information, Dennis. We are going to shift to another top to bottom, and Alex and I are going to talk about season ten, um, which wraps up in this episode, and with it, unfortunately, wraps up the avocado toast bearing Alex Sullivan. Alex, what have you thought oh. of this season? It's been a wonderful time. I've had a great
0: time co-hosting the season. We had so many super interesting topics that we talked about. So I've
1: did I've you have any it. favorites?
0: Did I have any favorites? Uh, I love this one that we're doing right now. Well, yeah, of have waiting for oh, oh, yeah. to compose a lot. I know, I know. You were
1: waiting <laughs> for Flutter
0: something years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I loved the Flutter episode. I loved our Swift UI episode. I loved our crypto. I, yeah, actually, I loved all of them. I just... I,
1: Continuing in my mind to, to remember each one and be like, ooh, that was a good one. And I really want to thank you because you you have become an amazing interviewer. Um, I I do not know much about Android, as, as everybody very well knows. <laughs> and as you probably noticed, Alex pretty much ran the show today, um, asking some great questions of Dennis. You've just become a great podcaster. Um, I'd love to work thank with you. you again anytime. Yeah. So... My heart. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, my heart has grown three sizes. <laughs> well, is that the Grinch? <laughs> my microphone is... No, never mind. Um, so, obviously, as we move towards Season 11, which will come in in about a month or so, we're going to need a Season 11 co-host. Alex, what tips or suggestions or what would you say it was like uh, to help somebody consider whether or not they'd be a Season 11 host? Mm. Well, I think that the main job at hand
0: for the season eleven co-host is going to be finally convincing you to try avocado toast. So <laughs> it's important that they know their way around avocados cooking. Uh, but no, really. The so sorry. <laughs> could, you, could you actually
1: say the question again? <laughs> but I lost it to avocado. That's sauce. all right. So did I. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> what uh, what advice or what what? Wisdom have you learned from the season that you'd pass on so that people could consider becoming a a, a, a co-host? Mm.
0: yeah, I'd say, um, so from the the like, why would you consider becoming a season co-host side? There's tons of reasons. You. <laughs> Get to learn a lot about technologies you knew nothing about. I knew nothing about crypto, and now I'm uh, looking up like crypto financial instruments in my <laughs> spare time, and I'm going to go down a hole. Um, to go down that rabbit hole. Talk, yeah, that rabbit hole, which takes your whole life savings with it. Um, <laughs> you get to meet so many super talented people, like Dennis and all the other guests we've had, and they're you, you get to meet a lot of people who are experts in their fields, and it's so cool to be able to ask these people, you know. all the different questions about um all these cool topics you also one of the wonderful things about the ray wenderlich podcast is that you get to go in with a very fresh mind and if you don't know something you can just ask about something you're not putting on any airs or anything like that so it's been great to be like
1: what's a crypto (laughs) What is a Swift again? Okay. <laughs> it's really good because, yeah. I mean, we, we do cater to advanced, but we also can cater to beginner uh, engineers. And it's it's hard because nobody is ever uh, uh, comfortable asking the question, I don't know what this is. Exactly. And then we get that chance to say, okay, so 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 what is a for loop? And, and, yeah, and everybody exactly. knows that, but, you know, they're always somebody who's afraid to ask about one nuance about something in technology. And when we get that opportunity to... Uh, to to take off our our knowledge caps or to put it on to to ask for that detailed question. And uh, Alex, as I said, you've done a fantastic job this season. Yeah, thank you. And I think uh, for
0: on the advice side for the for the next co-host for season 11, um, I'd say just uh, ask those questions. I think that's the best advice and and something that I think I warmed up to throughout the season. But (laughs) any question you have is a question that lots it's just like the advice you got in school. Remember when the teacher would be like, ask your question if you have one. Just because no one else is asking it doesn't mean everyone else doesn't also have that question. So Yeah, it's, that's so, that's the heart of yeah. it. Exactly.
1: Uh yeah. if you are interested in being a podcast co-host, we ask you to email us at podcast at raywenderlick.com. We try to make that as easy as possible. Um but that is going to begin to, to lock things down for season ten. Dennis, again, I really thank you for your time on this episode. Um we, we did this on a very short notice and a very short uh, production time. So I really thank you for, for joining us all the way from Croatia.
2: Thank you, Es. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's been wonderful. Nice be Long commute, too. <laughs> Alex, I, I really thank you for this season. Uh, if you're looking for us on Twitter, Dennis is on Twitter at Dennis Buketa, D-E-N-I-S-B-U-K-E-T-A. And that'll be in the show notes. Alex and I are rarely on Twitter, but you can find us, AlexSullivan444, <laughs> Drew. that's D-R-U. Um, our next RW talk for the uh, RayWenderlich.com Community Care will be Jared Blunzer. Uh He'll be talking about Android Gradle builds and getting the most out of your build system. So that's a a daunting topic, but I think it's for Android developers a a really good topic to listen to. That episode's going to uh, drop uh, the same day that this one does. So if you're listening to us as we've dropped, it's probably 6 p.m. uh, Eastern uh, on this very day. For those of you listening to the podcast, of course, uh, we always invite you to look for this episode in a few weeks on YouTube. Uh, the video episode contains some of the information we had to cut out for time and a more casual after show with the guests that will uh, be starting momentarily. We hope you'll check that out. But as for the audio show, that wraps things up for season 10 of the Raywindelic.com podcast. I want to thank once again my season 10 co-host Alex Sullivan. Who has done an absolutely amazing job, and we at the podcast wish him the greatest success in his next endeavor, whether it be Flutter or Jetpack Compose or whatever it is. <laughs> we'll be back with season 11 in about a month or so with a new co-host that, again, could be you. Email us at podcast at raywenderlich.com if you're interested. For Alex, our producer Katie Collins, our executive producer Ray Wenderlich, I have been and will continue to be Drew Freeman. Let's head back to that Emerald Castle. Ray!
0: Back to you And that's a wrap. Thanks again everybody for listening to the Raywendell.com podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes. See you next time.